Yo, yo, yo. You already know what it is. Sandbox. Man. It's your co-CEO, Jared, here. It's your other co-CEO here, Mr. RTW. You already know who it is, Aiden Freeman. What are we talking about today, twin? Hey, look, y'all. The moment is finally here. The season finale of season two. It's it's been a roller coaster ride just through all of this. From starting Sandbox up until now. And that was we started Sandbox back in April. No, it was not it wasn't even it wasn't even April. Twin Sandbox is a Virgo. We started Sandbox in September. September 9th, I'm pretty sure. So we coming up on the one year anniversary and the end of season two, per se. You feel me? To start really with the start of season three. We were, you know, we really come at a converge with all of our projects, you feel me? Finishing up the cipher, the, you know, the sandbox creative showcase, you feel me? Our MSB and WSB project, you feel me? Uh, the end of our senior year, you know? And with all of the, you know, effort we've put in, you know, we really want to look at how it's just going to go the way it goes, you feel me? No matter how much you really put in, you know, it just plays out how it does. And, you know, you can plan with what you've learned and how you move forward and what you do in the moment. But how it is is how it is. And you got to win regardless. You got to, you know, you got to quantify your success. You gotta derive what you to be derive success from what you do, no matter what it is. You know, if you just believe yourself to be working towards, you know, this huge goal that you have through these little menial tasks and what you can do, like you know, you're working a few hours at your job, and you know, you're making these investments for a mixer setup, making these investments for a camera making these investments for a MacBook so you can, you know, do FL. Listen, you got to realize that in the moment, you have to find it as successful as when you felt that you needed this two months ago. You got to congratulate yourself every day because it's always going to be a new day and it's always going to be a have to, it's always going to have to be a moment you have to look forward. So you can look back and remain in your past, or you can look forward, rationalize in the moment, and feel it in your future. I really couldn't have put it much more better than that. Being that sandbox is like, it's literally been my child. And I wouldn't even say, Sandbox started like one or two years ago. Sandbox has just been something encapsulated over the years at that because it always just, it will always personify itself in different aspects of what we were doing. We did that be through clothing or videos or music. It was always the baseline idea and ideology was always there and it just, Getting to the place where we are now and hitting that point, it's sort of bittersweet, I would say, because I'm so proud of where we are and how far we have come and just despite all the adversity. But in all actuality, we're going into a time it's going to be a little confusing, but yet challenging, but I'm up for it. And I just, I want to segue into just talking about some of the things that's that's been really going on. Like we we talk about it all the time. What's going on behind the scenes here at Sandbox? <laughs> oh, so we we thought we take the moment to have a little sit down with y'all and just explain what's what's going on. Call it a little wind down. I'm I'm on my Easter Ray time today. Easter Ray. 
You you never watched Insecure? Twin. Get on with it. Oh, I hear you. Oh, okay. You gotta you, you gotta start watching Insecure. It's on HBO Max. It's great. It's great. I love it. I'm not tapped in with the HBO Max. Oh, and you, Ever since they took off my favorite cartoon, I was off of it. Okay, well, well, let's let's get on with it. Now let's get to I th- I say let's get on with the most hot button issue and the hot button topic at the moment: the sandbox cipher. Nah, let, 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 me, let, me, let me get my point across. <laughs> so the sandbox cipher was just a half of an entire production piece that we were orchestrating called the Sandbox Creative Showcase. And we already released a piece of it earlier with the poetry segment uh, with fan, fra- uh, fan favorites such as Daya, Amaka, and Brandon. So... Um, there was supposed to be a second piece, which is being released concurrently, uh, titled The Sandbox Cypher, where we would have local Atlanta artists come through and just showcase their rawness and their authenticity through their music and through just whatever means that they wanted to, and we would give them that outlet. Now, with how things went, some things did fall through, but... It's it's been a journey and I wouldn't really have had it. I would like to say I would have it another way cuz God knows I would, but I feel like it'll it all will make sense in due time and for what it is, it'll count. The sandbox cipher to even say that and have it mean something so much to not only myself but one of my best friends, Jared, here, and the people around me, just means so much to not only my heart, but the endeavors I've really been trying to produce and visualize and actualize in Sandbox. So the Sandbox Cypher, as Jared said, was supposed to be an event, well, a half of an event titled the Sandbox Creative Showcase that we were producing. And getting out to y'all, man, it's just so sad to say. But nevertheless, you know, we're going to keep producing it, and y'all going to see a little bit some of it coming. So, you know, it's not, it's not too bad. Nevertheless, with that, you know, dang, I lost what I was saying, man. It's just the thing with the sandbox cipher right now, it's just – it's been something we've been pondering and trying to get into fruition for, I'd say, like, since December. It's It started out as sort of like a novelty idea earlier in, like, I'd say, like, a November. But then towards the, um, the end of the first semester, it just – it started to – resonate with a lot of people and it was like you know what i could get down with that and then like we started get the ball rolling and the ideas flowing and it just i almost forgot yeah with the sandbox creative showcase we really started it because of a local not necessarily start of it but it really found its foregoing and foundation with a local poetry club at the school that we were kind of working together with on the segment where we got a few kind of exposure moments, but... No, because you know what? No, you know what it was supposed to be? It was the reason, I'm going to be real, the reason the Sandbox Creative Showcase exists because there was supposed to be a poetry slam at the school, Mm. and it never went down. There was never any other meetings of this poetry club. We met all of maybe three, not even four, not even four to five times. Maybe three. Well, you think we sure we didn't miss one? No, because I'm not. I'm not counting them African diaspora meetings. That was something. That's that's. We'll we'll get to the African diaspora oh, event. So, but it um, there was supposed to be a poetry slam event, and us being very big on poetry and spoken word, we wanted to work with some people that were already in the club, and then probably get some exposure and like get the word out about something like this because it's something beautiful we want to be a part of something like this Mm -hmm. so it turned into the entire showcase 
And being that we had our uh, struggles and pitfalls with the Poetry Slam, we ended up getting out the poetry segment as a result, and it worked out beautifully. But then I'll let Aiden talk about the cypher. Let me tell y'all how this is the point I was really trying to hit on. With the cypher and with just Sandbox projects in general and what I've really learned with this first and second season, with collaboration and individualization being the duality that really defines Sandbox, you learn that it really will just go that way sometimes, especially with collaboration, you know, coming together with projects on people, especially when you're not necessarily leading and following up, you're gonna, you're gonna face the drawbacks, you know? And <clears throat> all you can really do is move forward, you know, and work with what you have. Like with the cipher, you know, artists had to go on to, you know, what they saw as more beneficial networking events. You know, unfortunate circumstances have to have have to happen to the best of us, you know, working with a background team, you know, and a diverse set of members say three, four photographers, videographers, you know, a DJ who has to bring all the equipment to school and then use after school, a set of artists with varying schedules that could come up and pop up at different times. You know, even saying the sandbox cipher, which was originally meant to have maybe like, six, like six, five, even seven people, let me, let me talk about and twin. Before I even slash it to you, the sandbox cipher. My first dream for it, we want. I wanted to get it at a studio, studio. Oh. and we had to. Yeah. Jerry had to really like put it into like terms to me. He was like, "Twin, we're not gonna be able to actualize that at this moment." I'm like, I just had to settle on that. You feel me? Like sandbox. One of sandbox's real like themes of the seasons was settling mm -hmm. like that's what uh, right and being content and reserved and okay with the outcome of projects that you really pour your heart into like you see with a lot of the projects at this school that they have these big ideals and not necessarily enough of that workforce to actually workforce drive you feel me, vision enough, whether it will may be to actualize their goals, especially with the team they're working with. But with Sandbox, we always did our best to really work with the standards that we could achieve with all of our effort, you know, and still produce our best product. And I just really say I'm really grateful for what Sandbox has taught me with that, you know, just taking it step by step, and, you know, working within what you can actualize and taking them steps, man, to really set something up for yourself, not really skipping and dotting around to what you really desire from it. You have to put that effort in, you know, especially with the editing, you know, trying to put some production out, whether it be Opium Taste, BB, oh, RTW. Talk to them, Twin. Oh, so... Um, uh, divulging from away from the cipher a little bit to a more positive note, uh, we've been basking a lot more in our own solo endeavors through our own, I wouldn't say companies or brands. I move the way I like to classify it. I move as a movement. It's a way. It's more of a way of life than more so a brand or a company rather than anything. It's. I like the way that I constitute this, it's my being, it's how I move day to day. So with that being said, um, I have my movement, uh, Bonnet Boys, which really encapsulates just being one with true self because I don't have, I don't have the place or means in my life anymore where I have to fake who I am at this point. I don't, I don't see the I don't see the purpose in it. I'm truly who I am and the the term bonnet boys stemmed from 
um, a joke between me and my friends. What's up, Twin? I was going to talk about that BB. I know you. Let me see real quick. Let me get to talk about that BB. What you want to talk about? What you so know love about that with that BB, with with BB, <clears throat> and with RTW, the main theme that really brought them together was the idea that it was a movement to persuade people to really be themselves and follow what they believe to be best suit for them. You feel me? Bonnet boys really stemmed from kind of a idea that a bonnet wearing person would be lazier than another individual or a bonnet was seen as unprofessional in a certain standard. And whether that may be so or not, bonnet boys really stems from being true to your character and really stepping in your own individualization, how it stands with what you believe to be right and what you believe to be true for yourself, not just what society may be reflecting onto the standard. And so with RTW, that really that really stood as something for reveal the world and the world not to just be my world, but the perspective, reveal the suffering perspective, reveal the perspective that is being undermined, reveal the perspective. You know, I feel like so much of this world is swept under the rug. And we just see so much, not even necessarily suffering, but, you know, what's the, what's that word? I know it. I'm always on it, you know. Uh, look. What word are you talking about? It starts abuse. You feel me? You see so much abuse of the setting, you know, what's being offered. And I had to really come to understand within myself that, you know, I really could be abusing what's around me, you feel me? You know, unintentionally, inadvertently, and so on. And what I had to come to understand is I got to work within my limits. Mm-hmm. I got to work within my limits, you feel me? Sometimes you do, and I, that's what I've come to learn, like, with the sandbox stuff. You, you as a person, because I've learned a lot, like, just, I've learned a lot about you, like, as we've been trying to work on this, because more so than anything, like, working with the entire Sandbox crew in and of itself, and not even just, like, on the work, like, on a personal level, it's been a struggle. It is, I will say that, and I won't get too deep into that because that's neither here or there but like just these work relationships and then like the relationship I've had to develop with Aiden over time it's been a struggle because we we bump heads on this sandbox mess all day it it is but I wouldn't necessarily have it any other way because it gets it gets to points where it's like I want to rip his head off but it's like sometimes just those talks do need to be had, and like like he said earlier, like I I was bashing his head in about about us trying to get in the studio for his cipher, and and not even to just get on the sandbox working on this RTW shoot. Oh. So just just working working with RTW and Bonnie Boys in and of itself has been it it hasn't been to the same magnitude, say a sandbox. But it has had its own. It's let's 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 get to talking about this RTW because you got to talk about that BB. Let me get to talking about this RTW. So, um, I remember when Aiden was slowly doing the rollout for RTW, and I saw it go through so many different stages over time. It is, and it always intrigued me because I never knew what I was really going to see next. So he was like, "Hey, bro! One day he he just hit me on my phone. He's like, can you can you throw this up on the IG and had a logo like supporting? Like, yeah, like we all tapped in. So I'm just like, for sure. So, and I'm I'm repping the team everywhere I go. Like, oh, God, I remember that day, bro. What was that? Uh, what was that profile pic like? The pink joint. Ah, oh, you talking about that? Um, oh, the S. What was it? It was the. It was um. I forgot how you drew it, but it was. Was it them eyes? Nah, it wasn't the. I was 
the eyes were out, but it was it was like the old font. It wasn't like the one that's on the hats. But uh, nonetheless, um, in the early stages of RTW, I just saw it go through a lot of different phases. And then in the culmination, it was like the the RTW collection was about to drop. (laughs) So Aiden, Aiden hits me up. And he's like, yo, he hits the he hits the entire group chat, the entire team that's supposed to be working the shoot. And he said he's like, okay, we're gonna meet here, we're gonna be here at this time, and and we're gonna get there, we're gonna go out to eat and have a great time after. Yep. I, I get to this shoot, he's two hours late. It is hot. It is it is early October, so it is prime summer. Like prime summer heat. It is scorching outside. I'm dying. So I'm just like, oh. Then I'm sitting in the car with John and we're just like, where ain't it at? And then people start trickling in and trickling in and trickling in slowly but surely. So we get to doing the shoot and it's going smooth. It's going smooth. It took. Uh, I'll probably in the edit somewhere. I'll probably throw up a couple of clips. I'll throw I'll throw up a couple of clips of this of this RTW shoot. But it's just going and dealing with that. Oh my god! This <laughs> RTW shoot was it was it was so fun, but it was it was such. It was a headache. It was. Oh. Listen, with all of I'll say RTW Bonnet Boys Sandbox Productions, all of them have been lessons and just takeaways from what you can really learn from just doing this. Not only entrepreneurial work, but that you know individual work for what you believe and your endeavors you're really working on, whether it be you know college. Um, you know, entrepreneurial work, uh, film work, filming artist work, just any kind of individual work you're working on, the lessons have been ever-present, you feel me? With that RTW shoot, I really learned that I do need to have more foundation. I'm not going to be able to skip out on that foundation that needs to be set, you know, with actualized goals and my realizations, you feel me? With the Bonnet Boys project, you feel me, I realized that I will have to settle and I will have to make adjustments for things that we really want to put out. Even even cooking up, like, the, even cooking up Bonnet Boys on the end of it itself, because I, I remember when I made the very first... Flash that intricate Bonnet Boys design. Oh, I'll, I'll flash all of the, <laughs> the early pieces of the Bonnet Boys. Um... Merchandise, <laughs> but <laughs> okay. But uh, when I made the first sample, ideally, that's how I envisioned it being at the time. Now, given that it has taken some creative liberties um, as time has gone on, it's it's gotten to a point where I can say I'm proud of it, but just. Just like even the day that we sat down to cook up the first part of the collection, it was, oh, we had to rework, like we had to cook logos on the spot and then rework those into something new that we could put on the hat to make it tangible. So even working with that, I know more so now I have to work within my own limits because I know sometimes I can overstep and I can be a little overbearing with things that I do envision. But it's just it's just the maximalist I'd say that's in me because I want to make the best project possible. But sometimes it can be my own pitfall to an extent. And it's I see that with all projects we that be deciphered the african diaspora and so on it's just listen man as a visionary you really do seek the ideal you know presentation of your work you feel me with decipher i has such high and 
mighty goals, like, you know, shoot for stars, aim on the moon type beat, you mm -hmm. feel me? And with that, you feel me, I did learn that I, you do really set the standard for, you know, what you want to be put out. So I may have had this one side that was the most ideal presentation of the cipher, then, you know, I had a kind of, okay, I'll settlement, a settlement right here. You know, those are the standards you really want to work with the, with what you're putting out for your presentations, you feel me? Right. And because, you know, moving into this economy, moving into this world, you really do start to learn that it's just, that's just gonna, how it's going to go sometimes. Like, you'll have, man, you'll be working Coachella and artists will drop out out of nowhere. Shout out Frank Ocean. Shout out, shout out, shout out Frank Ocean. Like that's just how this, that's just how this stuff goes sometimes. Look, look, look. Let's let's not let's not let's 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 keep it real. This is still a podcast episode. This isn't this isn't us just giving our sob stories. Look, look. Let's keep it. Let's keep it. Let's get to talk about this Frank Ocean real quick. Oh, we talk. Look, I'm not. Look, let me see about that Frank Ocean. Frank Ocean is one of, if not the most influential and name, home name individuals out there right now. He is so to himself and indicative of himself and what he does with everything that you really can't, you have to, you find a hard time having to disrespect it. Cause he's so private with what he does that if you really have something to say, you could say it, and it would still probably go nowhere. Cause you feel me? At the end of the day, that's just how it be rolling with Frank Ocean. Like, I mean, look, cause I wanna say, I wanna say this. I love me some Frank Ocean. Like he be hitting, and you feel me? But you know, you know Frank Ocean signed his twin. Frank Ocean is, if I'm not mis, what is? Hey Siri. I'm pretty sure Frank Ocean's like a What's like a Gemini and Aquarius. He's a Gemini Aquarius guy. I I think he's like a Gemini and Aquarius. Uh, he's he's something weak. It's something funny. I can see him as Gemini Aquarius. It's probably like a Gemini Aquarius one. What is it? He October 28th. He's a Scorpio? Oh. He a Scorpio? Oh, that makes so much sense. <laughs> oh, God. I understand it. So, look, twin. <sighs> my brother died. It's over. I, I, didn't, I didn't necessarily even want to go there with the talk regarding Frank, but, like. <sighs> Listen, like, for real? I feel like Frank as an individual was at that status and point in his life that I don't think he was ever really into the materialism to begin with, you feel me? So he wanted to create. Yeah, he would, he is a creator at the end of the day. So if his like as you see, if his vision cannot be reached, he he really could be too insecure to bring it out, you feel me? Like, with every production he made, he's always been secure with it. I mean, but that, but even even with the insecurity, because like, take take the Coachella situation right now. Did you did you do you know all was going on like the first like the first weekend? Okay, so look, I only only thing I seen was that you know his standards weren't being met, so he ended up dropping out the second week. Right. That's it's not even it's not even that he just dropped out of the second week more so. It's the fact that like his sta his standards weren't being met, and it was to the detriment of a plethora of people. Because you had X, Y, and Z amount of people paying upwards five hundred dollars and up. Because those let's let's be, let's be real, those Coachella tickets are not cheap. They hit it more than they're more than the Beyonce tickets. So those Coachella tickets are thousand. I I be let's be real, like thousand up. Then you have to get. Uh, navigation out there, so that's like you had to get a plane ride, get a hotel, Coachella. food. Co Coachella is out in the desert in Cali, twin. Yes, where did you think Coachella was? I've never been, I didn't know. I'll say Coachella is at in the desert in California, twin. So it's, 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 I want to go too, but that's we gonna have to have some bread, twin. Bread ain't even a problem, we should go. 
Uh, I was trying. Nah, you twenty. You gotta be like eighteen. Well, you gotta. I think you gotta be like eighteen. But oh god, I wanted to go this year because I was gonna. Go I want to try to go. No, no, just in general. It's for, what's up? Yeah. Yeah, Twin, what are you talking about? Twin, we trying to go to this. We trying to go to this Coachella. Twin, what are you talking about? Twin, what are you talking about? Ugh, what are you even talking about? Aiden, what are you even talking about? Back, back to Frank Ocean. Back to Frank Ocean. So, being that um, what he did with that whole first, well, that closing set, he it up. He didn't even get on stage for like an hour and a half or so. So all those people were there hot, going through all of that for X, Y, and Z amount of time. Then he then he didn't even per- perform the entire time because curfew or something. So the set got cut short. So he didn't even play all the songs. Then, then but look, look, but look to him, but look to him. Then, like, you still had, then before that, like, he had this intricate set and all of this. Then he had them demantle it. And it took, it took, I don't even know how long to get that set done. And God knows everybody, I know. That's it, that's it, they had to, um. They had to melt a whole ice rink. That, that's literally what I'm talking about. Like, they had to melt an entire ice rink just because it it wasn't what he aligned with his vision. And I can understand being a creative and something not aligning with my vision. God knows because there's there's multiple things, like, with Sandbox, like, that I wanted to do, but we had we couldn't even get done. I wanted to have, I wanted to have an episode about music. You wanted to have an episode about nature. Neither of those things really came to fruition. Sure, sure we did get that Voodoo episode, but I wanted an episode directly just catered towards music and all different kinds of how it affects people. Let me tell you about. When we get to talking about these like lost episodes, man. The AV episode, you feel me? The um. AV episode is twin. The AV episode, the Alarm episode, really a long. Oh episode. no 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 no! You 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 well, you don't get to talk about this Elon Co episode. I'm I'm on the mic for this one. So, um, let's let's rewind a little bit back to season one. This was October. Yeah, October. We're in con- we were in contact with the good people at Elamico. Don't get this wrong. I love even uh, I, I love I love them. I love them. They're so progressive. They have a head steady leader on top of them. They are rocking with some solid leaders in Elamico. Y'all are definitely gonna see some work coming from them very soon. That y'all are not expecting. Like working with these, I will say this before we get to start about talking about anything. Working with these Westlake collaboratives, you always see that these are steady and rockhead minds. So you know, whenever we, you know, whenever we're talking about this or critiquing them, we always do so with the, you know, notion that when we work with them at the time, we have full conviction in it, and we knew what we were getting into. You feel me? But sometimes unfortunate circumstances, new learnings about people—that's just how it goes. So saying this. This is full disclaimer. We love Elamico and all of these collaboratives. Like, we worked with them because we chose them. For sure. And I, I won't even just, like, generalize it to the idea of lost episodes because it's so much more than just lost episodes. It's lost moments, per se, because it's, it's a lot of things that we had visualized in our heads going into what we wanted to have done going on with Sandbox over the course of the year, but it didn't come back into fruition. Now, uh, tying that back into Elam & Co., um, back in October, we had the chance to work on an episode of the Sandbox podcast with Elam & Co. And uh, they came in. It had uh, Sandbox member Tyler on there. Shout out to um, and it featured Elam and Co.'s co-founders, Daya and Jalen. Uh, Daya, have, as you all have seen, uh, she's previously been on the um, uh, the poetry segment. Shout out, um, Sandbox alum. And so, gener- like when we got in the room, the energy was beautiful. The episode, it's not a bad episode. I love the episode. It's it's a very good episode because having been in the room for 
all of except one sandbox episode, I can say it was one of it was a little rough and ragged, but the general conversation and that was then that was had with what was going on in the room at the time, it was a really good episode. It was just the circumstances that surrounded getting there that let a little tick me off. And it's just like, ugh, it's like that, it's like that looming headache that sorta of, that sorta of deal with it. But it comes and goes and I just Yeah, episode four. Yeah, let me talk let me talk. Elon and Cole, what it really taught me at the beginning is that what it really taught me is you cannot begin to really promote until you have that foundation in place. Right. Because we were trying to get that Elam and Co. episode weeks, for weeks. And we had we had put it out there that it was coming, you know. So by the time we could really get out there, the auto hype was pretty much died down for it. You know, because we said, okay, Friday, you know, we get it on the page. Okay, it's coming out Friday. You know, it's on the TikTok. It's coming out Friday. Da, 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 it's coming out Friday. We let everybody know it's coming out Friday. It don't come out till next Thursday. We get some more. Oh, next Thursday, we get some more promo. I don't even think it dropped on a Friday. It dropped. I, I think it dropped on like a Tuesday, son. It. It. I don't even think the episode dropped on a Friday for that matter. And then let me get that because it was. It was bad. Bad is well. Bad is the wrong word. It was frustrating because there was a lot of technical things going wrong. Going wrong with the episode, like trying to get. Uh, audio fix like there was a lot of microphone issues going on at the time and it took a lot of time to figure out what was really going on technically wise just trying to get all of that straight and orchestrated it took just me y'all y'all see it all the time I'm going dumb on that board and trying to fix whatever may be going on in the moment and I think the technical issues showed the worst there out of any episode on Sandbox, that was probably the most technically frustrating editing-wise and recording-wise. Man, listen, if you want to talk about frustrating episodes, I was listening to episodes. I listened to the full episode, two this morning, and let me tell you how that that static is killing. It's, it's, it is, cr- that static, if... Y'all, y'all hear a fragmented piece of it sometimes on occasion, depending on how the editing process may go. Depending on how far you go back to the sandbox episode. Right. We really, you know, started cracking down more on the static as we learned more editing techniques, you know, learn more transitions, da 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 da, you know, just learn more in the working of sandbox. But the farther you go back in the sandbox, you really do see, you know, the where our production really started from and the foundation of it all, you know. Because, oh, God, because, man. <laughs> let, let me. <laughs> all right. So, um, starting out with Sandbox, originally, I wasn't even on the editing. Like, all of all of the editing, I'd say, from episode four. Well, I wouldn't even say any episodes of the podcast like i wasn't even on one i was on one to three on the editing but that no no it was kanye kanye um uh some of you may remember him from episode one and three uh kanye was on the editing for the first three episodes and he did a great job great job because i look back at those I look at those. I look back at those episodes, and episode three still. Episode three and two still stand out as some of my favorites. I love episode two. It's episode two is one of my favorite episodes, hands down. I like episode six too. Episode six. Oh, we we let's, we're gonna we gonna get to talk about episodes. We need to talk. But <laughs> nah, shout out Vu. But um, uh, going back to uh, where did I leave off? Where did I leave off? I'm talking about that. Episode how Kanye was really yeah 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 so starting out I was can you check how how much time we have on the camera twin thank you thirty six minutes okay that's that's move that's move that's move just checking where we at on the time but um originally I I wasn't even on the editing uh, Kanye was and 
when Kanye started not being able to come around so much to work on Sandbox, I already had editing like prowess before then, but it was like, okay, it needs to fully be to the test because it wasn't just, oh, I was editing, say, the opium tapes, uh, as some of you may know. Shout out to my bonnet boys. But, um, yeah, so when it wouldn't be in, like that style of editing, it had to be more, I would say, refined and more toned. So getting there, I had to, it was a lot of issues that I would have to start going through and just starting to have to buckle down and get get to, especially like starting at that episode four, just dealing with that static and then all of those, those um, multicam issues. And then I guess that segues into... You know what episode I'm gonna get to talk about? <laughs> like, like I'm not. I'm Ada's gonna ask for the microphone. I'm not gonna give it to him for a reason. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna get to talk about that episode five. Like, just, just stay right there. Just stay right there. So, um, episode five is it's not bad. It's not bad by any stretch of the matter, and we don't have we don't have an. I, Episode one isn't bad. I would say it's just it's 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 still its place for the time. It was a start. It was a start, but we're being here now. It's it's a little it's a little cringy, but that's where we were at the time. And I'm not necessarily mad at that place because we knew we knew what we saw for the future. It just took some time to get there. Talk about that episode five. Yeah, let's get to that episode five. So episode five. Um, it was, we touched upon a good, a really good subject, social media and how it affects us on the day to day, um, through many different aspects. And it was, it wasn't, I feel as if the energy just, it could have been a little bit better. And then the way it was all orchestrated, it could have moved and flowed a lot smoother just if we had made some better creative liberties. And I feel like that's a moment that we really did lose out on because it's not, even though it does have really good messaging and just good ideals and morals to it, I just feel like it could have been so much more than what it was. And then I guess leaving that out, we get into our, I would say our breakout moment, so to speak, that episode six. So I'm I'm gonna let Aiden talk about that episode six because he's he's really the one that orchestrated that one. I'm I'm not going I'm not gonna hold it. That's him. That's him right there. Episode six, man. Look, look, look. Let me tell you how. If we just talking about episode six, we really gotta talk about the dynamics in sandbox with the you know kind of unseen and background jobs that have to be taken care of. You know. With Jared as the main editor, you know, the main kind of sandbox technician, you feel me? Well, we got a couple other editors, but you know they be doing. We're going to talk about it. I'd have to be the more main interpersonal networker, you feel me? Uh, topic sourcer, you know, dramaturgy worker. You know, I do a lot more of the... Connective work, you feel like me? The day, the, like the day-to-day work. Yeah, so the the day. I'm definitely the, if not a manager, creative director. You feel me? I do a lot of the orchestration. You feel me? While Jared is, not to say not an orchestrator, but he's definitely more of a you know engineer, making sure like every the, the train runs smoothly. Like I'm definitely conducting the you know. In the way it leads, but he gonna be like, nah, man, we don't got enough coal for that, man. Like we, we not gonna be burning that long. You feel me? Say, I, like when it when it comes down to it, when I gotta shut something down, I'm gonna shut it down. We is recording, man. Yeah, but look, so, so hold like, on, hold on. Uh, go ahead. But look, for real, like when you really look at it, like it definitely the sandbox was a train, man. 
I'm definitely, you know, leading it towards the objectives we I have to hope for it and the ideas I have for it. With Jared being the main technician, you feel me on the main editing and you feel me more technical side. Nevertheless, you feel me, with the designs, the creative directory, you feel me, the art style of it, that's really where I begin to take suit. And with that episode six, that's where me and Jared really began to start going hand in hand with the music because he felt so passionate with the music. And I found this artist who I believe to be like nothing else I had seen at Westlake, my man Vuda. Now, Jerry, talk about that man Vuda, bruh. <sighs> Vuda, Vuda, Vuda Ace. Vuda Ace. Shout out to my Ace. We're going to throw some. Man, work, working with this Vu Vu is like an honorary sandbox member. Because it's whenever he comes into the studio with us it's all good energy and he all he understands what we're we've been trying to make as an organization and it's just seeing his growth over time it, even when I first met him did I met him the day of episode 6 and I felt like I had known him all my life it was just just getting just kicking it with bro and just working with him and just just doing all of these projects with him has been it's been crazy and that's been some of my like the highlights of like I'd say my filmography work this this year at least working with him at least cuz you know the first thing I met about that man Vu he he's such a perceptive individual you know in the sense that he can kind of ascertain who is really not even just to say about that business but on that similar timing to him, you know, with how he rolled. Like, because when he came up on there, he really got to talking about that truth, you know, man. It wasn't, oh, Jerry, you killing me with that sound. It'll be all right. Killing me. It'll be all right. But, yeah, he, you know, he really came on there talking that piece, you know, man. It wasn't nothing we were expecting. When he came on there with that freestyle and shut the uh, room down. I remember, I remember when he sent the beat beforehand. I was like... <laughs> I was like, man, this, this sounds smooth, but I ain't. See, it was me and I Trigger. Know, I didn't know he was gonna come on like that. Twin, see, it was me and Trigger. Uh, <laughs> uh man, Voodoo, bruh. and we you know we gonna we gonna show y'all a few of these unreleased freestyles, you know, coming up. But working with Voodoo, man, it's just it's such a blessing because you know he always on some down to listen timing. Down to really hear it out, you feel me? And try to work with you and bring something to the table and not really just, you know, step into your path. You know, he gonna walk with you. You know, he gonna bring along, he gonna bring along what he got going on. You know, and really get get you, get your goals. All right, we're long way side he going, man. He he got us out there at these shows, man. We doing that work for him, man. And every time we done ask his man Fuda to be on here, he right over here. Look, and then going, man, fitting his schedule and our schedule, man. I'm telling you, this just that entire Vuda episode, and then when I was editing it, it it literally when I got done with it, I was pretty much done editing the episode that day, if not that next day, and we were able to drop it come Friday. It was it was just a, such a seamless process. It, it had like little to no flaw and and it was raw in this in this such a beautiful way because mind you, know you what what's up it was so refreshing to feel that episode after that episode five. Ah, twin please 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 don't let's let's divulge away from episode five you weren't in the studio that day you don't know you don't you don't get to talk about episode five you don't. You don't get to talk about episode four. You don't get to talk about five. Four or five. Twenty. You don't get to talk about either of those episodes. You. You get. You get. You can talk about the planning, but you don't get to talk about the executions. When uh, it's oh no, no, not even, not even. Oh, don't get me started on that. Post production. Ooh, well, but uh, 
Not the execution, but the ad- execution of the advertisement. Was yeah, that was. Oh, no, I'm talking about the. I'm talking about the execution of production, oh, like no, not see, middle. I'll be loving the way the episode. I don't believe we have a bad episode. Is I feel as if I since I've been there all day, I see the flaws, and I don't. I don't want to call them flaws. I see the flaws. But I mean, mm-hmm. I see the lessons. It's yeah, it's it's a lot of lessons, and I think I, I think lesson boom that that ties in actually perfectly to episode seven, which was our season finale um, of season one, and it was with with episode seven we had a good majority of the Sandbox crew here with us in the studio that day, and we talked a lot on growth and growth and. Yeah, it was it was really good and refreshing to get that. I don't really have anything negative to or exceptionally. Nah, it was me, you, Shaki, Isha, and Aaron. Yeah, Aaron. Shout out, shout out, slime icons. Shout out, Aaron. But nah, nah. Shout out, Jay. Shout out, Jay. Um, but um, yeah. Then. I don't really have anything exceptionally positive. Because we got. Because so, I have a few previous. Let me say, you already know we got to start rapping. Soon we have like tw- 24 minutes. All right, for sure. We're wrapping it up soon. Look, with that episode seven, my only grievance is that I really didn't give the chance for my other executives and co stars to really give their, not necessarily not, not their opinions, but you know, their piece. You feel me? I really. Focusing and lean on my growth and the individual, you know, really not necessarily carrying the episode, but guiding the episode. You feel me? Mm-hmm. And not to say it was a bad episode, but it was just one of my own personal grievances with the episode. You should t- you should watch it though. It's a great episode. It's a really good episode. Uh, with all the words that were said during that time, it was it really st- it really stood out at that time period for where we were transitioning because we would just get, if not, we were about to be done with the first semester of senior year. And it was, mm-hmm, and it was, it was really interesting to say the least. Now coming back off of that first semester and coming into that second semester. Oh, don't. So enter, enter season two. Enter season two. I I remember it so vividly because it was around the time I started shooting sandbox promos. And shooting shooting sandbox promos you is... You have your camera for like a little bit of the first season. Right, because I didn't get that camera until Christmas. Mm-hmm, that's true. Mm-hmm. So coming in and shooting that very first sandbox promo... What's up, man? You know, bringing this up, you know, I almost forgot about it. You know, with Sandbox, we don't really talk about it, but we started with a massive team. Massive it was, team. It was at least 20 of us. And the way it kind of matriculated and the route it really went down, me and Jared had to really start learning how to be the foreground and background of Sandbox, you know, with how we were trying to put it out. You know, we could kind of orchestrate the team and articulate and run these tasks down to them. But nevertheless, you know, we really had to settle that foundation for them. You know, we really had to lay that foundation and decide how it should be ran and then align it into their schedules. You know, we really had to be the managers of it. And, you know, I'm grateful to have learned that. We try to get that asana going up. Ah, that, oh, that asana, and you know the moral of the story is, you know, when you're really starting a business, you can try to matriculate and articulate and, and grab that team out, but you got to be able to run it just as good as any of your team members. Man. By yourself, you got to be able to run it just as good as any of them. Man, and I'm, I remember having to go in and starting to shoot my own promo. Cause I remember that first promo I had like Torian shout out Sandbox Torian. Mm-hmm. Shout out to you. Um, the other, <laughs> where we gotta start, we gotta start giving him. Hey, this. 
if we talking about Torian, it's T. Yeah, on uh, Tyler, Tyler is T. T. Everybody's but T. In the same room, hey, we're going to tie. We're going uh, T. T. Oh, oh God, it's Ty and T. That's T. That's t- oh, that's it's T. That's t- so, but nah, uh, we so T shot the very first sandbox promo, and I remember. Oh, that's the day of the Rico. Oh, uh, we'll save the we'll save the Rico story for the opium tapes. <laughs> but. <laughs> <laughs> nah, shout out to my Sasquatches. Sasquatch, man. Shout out to my. Hey, look, Sam about Sasquatch, man. You know how we get down. That's all I'm gonna say. Hey, but nah. Um, going into the first Sandbox promo, that transitioned perfectly into episode one of season two. The the long, the long overdue Jaja episode. Oh. Right. That Jaja episode so funny, bro. Oh my god, it's. Let me talk about this Jaja, please. Please, let me, let me, let me, let me, let me get to talk about it. Let please. Let me. See how much time we going on the camera, yay? We got about. Let me see. See. Let me do something. Keep talking about that. Time. All right. So with this episode one of season two, it took God knows how long. Who knows, twenty. It's. We can wrap it up in fifteen minutes. It took. I don't even know. We probably gonna have to shorten that even that. Cause you know I gotta edit that. And on that space. And we still trying to shoot that BB. Yeah. I mean, you already know. You already know. I'm gonna keep talking. But like, um with that going that being said, uh this episode one, it was it was a real it was really interesting to get done because we had to work with Lonnie's schedule. Um Go 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 talk about Lonnie. Jelani. Jelani. I love me some Jelani. Jelani is one of the most driven and multifaceted members of Sandbox. And I believe her to just be a just what's just the most indicative definition of sandbox and what a sandbox individual should Living be. Living the dream. Living the dream and just aspiring to be and just that that just unequivocal self of identity, you feel me, and individualization. Because she knows who she is. And she, she knows who she that. is. She knows what she want to produce. She knows what she want to preach. She knows she want to actualize, and she knows what she wants to present. And that's why I love Lonnie. She be so unequivocal with it. And, you know, it hurt because working with that, I be like, girl, what you mean the mayor got, what you mean the mayor got you booked? What you, what what you, you mean? What you mean Ray Cole got you dancing tomorrow? <laughs> Oh, it'd be. I I love Lonnie though, but back back to the episode. Thespian day. Oh. Hey, shout out Thespian day. Shout, shout out, out shout Camille out. Sims. Shout out Camille Sims. Oh yeah, shout out Sandbox Alone. Shout out Camille Sims. Throw some pictures, Camille Sims. Boom, well, I, I, episode three, great episode ever. But um, yeah, g- just working with that Jaja episode. That was fun fact. That was supposed to be the first episode of sandbox at that that was that was what it was supposed to be i'm glad in hindsight it wasn't though i'm glad if we had came in on that time in first episode i feel like our following episode we would have felt we would have very felt very undervalued that's what i'm saying like appreciate that jaja episode so Exactly, like having that start off the season at that, and then we went. What was that second episode that we had? Yeah, okay. Oh no, that second episode. No, because right after you remember, right after we had filmed episode one, we had gotten into working on the um the poetry showcase. Yeah, no, so what was it? we had episode two though? No, we did have an episode two, but you got to remember that episode two. Episode two was only like last month, gang. We upload. We own that poetry segment. The poetry segment was not episode two. No, the po- the poetry segment took place of what would have been episode two at the time. Did we upload the poetry segment before episode two? Yes. That's what oh, I'm that's to tell crazy you. how time. Because we did the poetry segment in like. February. Oh, I miss that. I love that. I'm not gonna count. I loved that poetry segment. Oh, just recording. Listen, that. Oh. the footage is a little chopped. It's it is chopped. 
Because God knows we had to sit here and splice it. Ugh. Some people had 10-minute long poems. And <sighs> it was some that just couldn't make the cut. But God knows I love the product. Listening to it, though, is, it is amazing. Close your eyes and just really feel it at the heart, man. You know, be unbiased. You're going to find some gems in that. But... I love that poetry segment for everything it is. You know, Karma Chameleon. I love Karma Chameleon. You know what? I really, I really love Daya's poems. Oh, it's one of my poems with that reveal the world poem. Where that? Don't don't get me started on the day of the Black Sun. Oh, don't get me started on the day of the Black Sun. Oh, but um, yeah, the poetry segment it was really refreshing and it it gave me hope for the future of Sandbox. And I even say some of the kids here at the school, because, like, we, like, the thing that I always stated with Sandbox, this was never school-related. It was never. But seeing seeing the way Sandbox has impacted people here at the school over time, it's it's been kind of interesting to see because like i'll have people stop me in the hallway talking about yo i saw that sandbox y'all keep me man, going man. i'm like what you mean oh bro no like <laughs> the way i can be in the i can be at my job you know just getting you know doing that stuff with the p someone come up walk up to me be like Yo, ain't you that sandbox dude? I'm like, what you yeah, mean? What you about, you, what you about that sandbox? Like, like my managers at the job, like, oh, how's your podcast going? I'm just like, and they be like, oh, I saw it. Like, they they're like, oh, I see the prom pictures. I'm they be checking out the the content, so it's just like, That's what I'm telling you, that's just how like I know, you know, there's folks out here watching, so I know there's folks out here waiting. You and, feel me? Like, and you want to know why? Even with the audience that we have now, I'm so grateful for that because I'm Rocky. ASAP Rocky and Ian Connor made a point um, in an interview that I saw, and I'm gonna with this. I'm gonna try to wrap it up because we do have to go. go. So, hey, hold on before we say something. What's up? Um, well, hold on. Let's let me get my let me get get your thing out first. First, I just before I get to my point, I do. I genuinely just do want to say thank you for this journey that y'all have taken us upon. I I wouldn't have it any other way. It's taught me so much. And then this has given me some of the most genuine passion that I've had in my life so far. It is, this is, is I find true joy and comfort in working on Sandbox. And that, and just all of what is under the umbrella of sandbox it just gives me so much genuine passion and joy that i get to do this with my brother first off i just want to say thank you to you know the friends the best friends the people i love the people i've fallen out with you know the lost friends the you know Locked away friends, you feel me? And all the individuals that really uplifted me and were surrounded by me to get up here to this point. And, you know, with what we have coming forward, we're always going to continue preaching that individualization, that preparation, and that presentation with how we do it. You know, it's going to be unequivocal. It may take longer and it may be here when it gets here you know who knows nevertheless we're never going to stop working we're always going to keep on that sandbox time and with that man it's sandbox like i always say the movement shall never die it's just reborn in different frames in different instances but the point i was trying to make um with that being said, it's I really wanted to talk about something that ASAP Rocky and Ian Connor both said. They were talking along the lines of I don't do this necessarily for the masses. It's not for to gain global attention. It's more so to connect with people that have the same ideals and 
want to be able to showcase their creativity and their genuineness and their rawness and what they do encapsulates. Now, it doesn't matter how many people I do this for. I could have, we could have a million fans on Sandbox, 10 million of 15. It doesn't, it doesn't matter the number to me if I have someone that can truly resonate with what it is that I'm talking and I want to encapsulate with what I'm doing as an artist and a creative, then that's what matters to me the most out of anything that I can, that I connected with somebody and then they can appreciate what it is that I'm trying to do. That's what really matters to me at the end of the day. I stole this quote in one of my episodes. When you can't stay motivated. I'm just going to sit down. Your hand cut off. Look, 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 because we finna get out of here, bro. I'm just keeping it being. Y'all gonna be hearing from us, I don't know when, but when you can't stay motivated, stay consistent. And look, on that note, I'm Jared. I'm Aiden. This has been the Sandbox Podcast. We'll catch y'all in the next one. Sandbox!